This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, a man who sits down to discuss a TV show is a man, Ryan Nelson. Justin, I will never not laugh when I hear YMCA. <laughs> I, I think all I think all militias should use it as their theme. Song. That's right. Every militia should use the YMCA because it's where all the boys go to play. So uh, that's right. If you've been listening to the podcast since we started the podcast a few years ago, thank you for continuing to listen and making us part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoyed it as we talked about the ninth episode of the fifth season of Fargo on FX and Hulu, titled "The Useless Hand." Whether or not you are new or irregular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, $5, 10 or $20 level, and when you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you want ad-free access to the podcast, any level of being a Patreon supporter, we'll get you the show ad-free. doesn't matter which level you're signing up for. If you want additional benefits besides just getting the show ad-free, though, that's where the $5, the $10, and the $20 level come in. The $3 level, though, if that's all you're looking for, you're like, hey, I would like to listen to this, but I don't want to hear the commercials, then you can just sign up for the $3 level. But whatever you decide, we would love to have you over at our Patreon. So like I said, just go over to our uh, Patreon site and you can sign up there. Excuse me. If you can't be a patron, though, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. We'd love it if you left us a five-star rating on both those platforms, if you have both of them. And if you have time, we'd really love it if you wrote us a review while you're on Apple Podcast. If you do, uh, we will read it on air next time we record. And if you'd like to interact with the show, you can do that as well. Uh, you can send us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com. Any thoughts or questions you might have, any comments you would like to, to add to the show as well, we'd love to hear all those things. So just send us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so just your initial thoughts here on the ninth episode, the penultimate episode of uh, the fifth season of Fargo. Before we get into specifics, what'd you think? Yeah, another another great episode. Uh, not as explosive as I was expecting. True. I was yeah. expecting more fireworks, right? But very intense at times, uh, and uh, just kind of really set us up. Kind of got the the pot simmering for right. like a a, a a pot that's about to explode in this <laughs> yeah. next episode. 
Yeah, because there were many times I thought it was going to explode throughout the course of this episode, and, and it, it never yeah. did. Uh, yeah, it's a it was a really good episode. I really did enjoy this one. Uh, it starts it, apparently. You know, there's been some time that has passed, and. In this episode, I don't know exactly how much, uh, just because of the way that it starts off with with uh, Monk and and Gator there in that cabin on a frozen lake or whatever it is. But it, you, you can tell it's, there has been some time that has passed since episode eight. We just never find out exactly how much time has passed. Uh, but and this was a really good one. I thought it was. I thought it was strong. Uh, it's yeah. it's setting up for like we said uh, could be a potentially explosive uh, finale. And look, they like I said, they made it a couple of times where they made us think it was going to be pretty explosive. Yeah on its own so yeah. so we'll go ahead and get into that so let's start off here at the beginning of the episode and it starts off on a frozen lake uh this made me think back to season one with martin freeman's mm -hmm. character yeah running across the frozen lake at the end of season one uh so like i said i was i was thinking a lot about that one when it was coming yeah. to it i didn't know if that was the same supposed to be the same one or not i didn't know if this was supposed to be a tie-in but nevertheless it did make me think of it um and but, i think that was in the fargo movie as well oh, i think really? they had a frozen lake yeah. okay and it would make sense if it was so uh but when we get inside this hut that we see on there uh, old monk has gator tied up and gator is begging for his life He's offering drugs. He's offering underage girls. He's offering money. He's offering whatever he can in his most desperate hour of need to try to get Monk to to spare him. Uh, and look, I still contend Gator's hair is growing at a really, really rapid rate. He's got a lot more hair than he did at the beginning of this thing. I'd like. Yeah, to, Gator uh, is getting ready for Stranger Things. Yeah, like, like I, said, I, I don't know why it's just jumping out at me, but it really is. Well. Uh, in his defense, he does have it slicked back. Yes, he does. So at this point, his hair—he doesn't have his his product in. So That's maybe true. we're seeing how long it actually is. Maybe, maybe that is the case. So, uh, but old monk throughout the course of this thing, uh, he is. Could just continue to perplex us as viewers. He's continuing to perplex everybody that he sees because he just talks in all these cryptic ways. And then he puts this knife that he has inside the fire that is there in the, in the hut thing, puts it on his skin, leaves no mark, absolutely no mark left be behind whatsoever. And then he proceeds to just poke out Gator's eye. At least we assume that that's what happened. Uh, yeah. I, I can't imagine that he did not actually do it. But <laughs> yeah, what do you think about I, this opening scene? That's my. I thought it was very intense. I'm with you. Does he actually do it? It looks like he does. Yeah, it does. It Gator like it. appears to be blind, but we don't see it. Could this be a senator situation where he's taking the, the bad sight of Gator's life or something? I, I don't know. I'm just throwing uh, that out there. Could that be some senator thing? Yeah, I don't know. It might It might could be, but um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But like I said, I really feel like... I mean, because there was yeah. a scream of pain after they cut oh, away yeah. from after they cut away from the scene. So I can't imagine that he doesn't that he doesn't have his eyes with him still. So, but we'll see. All right. Uh, the next scene opens us. So we get the Fargo logo after that. We get the Fargo opening scene, and uh, the next scene opens with us looking through the windmill. So earlier, I think they were trying to be really subtle about the windmill. They're mm -hmm. not really being subtle with it anymore. Yeah. Uh, they are really saying, "All right, the windmill is a big part of this thing. So if you haven't paid attention to it by now, you need to start paying attention." Uh, and. Dot is trying her best to get a nail from a support beam. I really didn't know what she was going to do with it, but she was doing her best to get this nail that is just out of her reach, and she's having all kinds of issues. And while all this is going on, you have Jesus Paid the Debt playing in the background, uh, which is continuing to theme the theme of debt that we've had throughout the entire yeah. season. It yeah. has been pr prevalent and prominent throughout the course of this entire thing. Uh, and at this point, it was really interesting because Roy comes out of his home, 
And did you notice the screen aspect ratio shift? Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, it shifts into so it was it was like full screen, and then it shifts into like the cinematic where you have like the both the black bars on top. Okay. And he's said he's he's looking out, uh, and he's just kind of surveying things, and it's like they're trying to be like cinematic with it at that point, but then like mm-hmm. as, as soon as he like starts to walk away, it shifted back. Uh, so like I said, I really man, I totally miss that. Yeah, I noticed it's like oh, we're doing we got a we got a screen aspect ratio shifting here. So I really wasn't exactly sure what it means. It normally means something. Uh, so I wasn't yeah, really yeah. sure what it meant in this in this regard, but I did notice it. So, uh, but anyway, this is really interesting because Dot she falls while she's doing this, but when she falls, she hits a weak spot in the floorboards, and so she starts trying to kick it to reveal some kind of a way out for her to hide or something like that. But I. We don't really know. And this is when we get Roy, who's looking at the shack, and we get quick flashes to him beating somebody. I don't know if it was yeah. to if it was Dot or if it was Linda. Well, we don't really know, but like I said, it was interesting. Well, that they Karen has it. a black eye as well. Oh, that's true. It could have been Karen. I didn't even think about that, you know, because she has a black we'll eye. We'll see you later if she has a black eye. Yeah, so she's, that, it, that's a possibility. Uh, and then Roy's henchman, Bowman, comes out. Let's shout him out. Conrad Coates. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, he had, he had a much bigger part in this episode. Yeah. It's his last episode, but it was, uh, yeah. he, he went out with a bang, to say the least. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but like you said, played by Conrad Coates. And apparently he's been looking for Gator. This is one of the reasons why I think yeah. the, there's been at least a few days that have passed since, uh, since the previous episode. Because he's been out looking for Gator, and he hasn't been able to find him. And Roy just doesn't seem all that concerned. Uh, I mean, he just is more concerned with with rallying the Patriots. And this is this the they're going into like I said. One of the things I like about what they do in this episode, they're hitting political stuff really, really hard here. Uh, yeah. They're using the Patriot thing that uh, that Donald Trump supporters have picked up and kind of made their like called themselves Patriots throughout the course of this thing. And it just mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you know I never ever would have hated hearing the word Patriot, but now every time I hear it, I'm just it like just boils my blood because they think like supporting that guy is being a Patriot. Uh, but like I said, but they're not just like they're not really going after people who just kind of casually support him. They're going after these types of people, the people who are like yeah, Roy, yeah. the people who are like right. like those who stormed the Capitol on January sixth. They're going after those yeah. people. Uh, but like I said, we're going to probably get into that just a little bit more later on. But uh, anyway, so like Bowman goes out. And he wants to know what he wants to know what Roy wants to do with her because you know they're getting ready to have to defend their territory, and they've got Dot sitting there. And Roy says something really interesting. He says, the most he ever felt, he felt for that woman, and he doesn't ever want to feel that way again. And Roy tells him to bury her. So he has tracked her down. He has gone after her because he she hurt him so bad. But now that the time has come to kill her, he won't do it. He's getting Bowman to do it. What do you think? Yeah. I thought, I thought that really stood out as well. Also to show that, like, how vulnerable it was that like mm-hmm. she really did hurt him. Yeah. Who would have thought that he could actually admit something like that, especially admit it to another man? Right. You wouldn't think he would, but he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, and it does make me wonder, you know, if because he's black, if that has something to do with it. I mean, like if that plays into it yeah, as well. Could be. So, could be. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, anyway, so when Bowman goes in, he can't find her, and he starts raffling around. I don't know why he didn't look under the bed. Uh, you would thought uh-huh. that he, he would have looked there, but nevertheless, uh, he well, no, she was underneath the. Uh, she had made her way underneath the house. Yeah, the I know, but the, there was the hole in the floor, though, from where she was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, you're right, you're 
right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. just move the bed and you see the floor, the hole well, in the floor. I, I also thought he would have looked underneath the house. Well, true. I would have thought so too. So, uh, but anyway, you know, plot demands that he does not. So yeah, he will not. Right. But um, uh, so but he can't find her and she's broken through the floor. But while she's under the floor and she's and she's hiding, she finds a different nail and she's able. Like I said, I thought she was going to use it like as a weapon, but yeah. apparently she was just trying to get to the nail so she could uh, release her handcuffs, and that's mm-hmm. the whole purpose of getting to the nail. So she now has basically most of her freedom back, and she can start trying to get her, get around and start trying to make her escape. Uh, but now we go back to Minnesota. Lorraine is trying to reach Danish Graves. He's not answering. Indira coming in with fresh new clothes, fresh new... Uh, yeah, looking great. Yeah, looking real good. Uh, she's now in her new role with Lorraine as Chief of Security, and she informs Lorraine that Danish's cell phone was turned off the previous night at the Tillman Ranch, and she's not calling the governor for help, but she's calling the orange idiot. Uh, like I said, so just... Int- int- they're they're yeah. working him in here to this into this, but they're not just yeah. like completely working him into this show but i think also they were showing that lorraine is a bush reagan conservative yeah i think you're probably correct about that yeah even though she is Mm. yeah there's a huge even though she's been giving money to him right she doesn't she's not with him right i think that's what they were going for there yeah i think you're correct about that and she doesn't have the she doesn't have the respect for him that she would for previous conservatives of that area of of her era so i think you're correct about that so um but now, Officer Witt, he is patiently waiting as the FBI is headed to Hillman's house to raid it, and that is when um, Roy calls for all patriots to respond and make his way to compound to the compound by referring to himself as America Sheriff. There was somebody. There's somebody else that refers to himself yeah, as America it's Sheriff. That guy from uh, Arizona, yeah. Joe something. So I, I wasn't sure if they were like going for a direct reference off of yeah, that guy. I, th- I think I think it's pretty. He's pretty. Yeah. Uh, comparable to Roy. Yeah, it would it would make sense. So uh, you're probably correct about that. So uh but you know it's just this the video is just interesting in and of itself because he references an Oregon uprising uh from yeah. Lavoy and yeah, the uh, Bundys. Yeah. So like I say he references that uprising back in twenty sixteen. Uh something I had completely forgotten about and had to go back and yeah. look it up because I wasn't really sure what he was talking about. But apparently there was this conservative group who was uh ultra conservative group who was thought that you know they were independent from the rest of the country and all this type of stuff like that. I, i'm not gonna get into a whole lot of details because i don't know a whole lot of details because yeah. i'd forgotten about it but uh he, he basically compares himself to those guys because those people end up dying and at least i think that they end up dying in the fight and he just is trying to pull out those references as well um but as the as the redneck brigade is making their way to Roy Tillman's place, YMCA comes on. Oh, you mentioned it at the top. Uh, I think there's a reason for it. But what do you think of it? I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it was. It was. Also, I noticed in the chat. People were like, oh, yeah. "All right, good luck." Yeah. Well, some people were saying that you know, go, some of them were like, "Go kill him." Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But he didn't see like a lot of people like on my way. I didn't there, see a lot. There of were people. a couple. There were a couple people that said they were on their way. So and obviously there were because they ended up having about yeah. five or six uh, trucks of people coming yeah. uh, to to his place. But uh, the YMCA thing. Somebody I read somewhere where they think this was a reference to Donald Trump's uh, campaign and uh, during the 2020 election where he adopts the YMCA is kind of like one of their and themes. Macho on. Man. Yeah, too. Macho Man. Uh, which, you know, like, it's 
so funny because he doesn't really understand those songs and he's still adopting yeah. them anyway. Like it, if he really understood them, he probably wouldn't have them like right. playing at his rallies. But uh, and that's just kind of I think that's what kind of one of the things that they were going for here is uh, this is some people who don't really understand what, exactly what's going on. They think things are they think they're in the right. They think they are doing the correct thing. And they just aren't. I mean, it's like I said, it's just completely misguided. Uh, it's and they're putting their misguided faith in a man who doesn't deserve it, and that being Roy in this in this instance. So, all right. So, Dot. We, I thought she was making her escape when uh, we see her next because she's kind of running around uh, the the compound trying to just like sneak her way uh, around the place, but she's not doing that. Uh, she's actually heading into the house. And when she goes upstairs, she gets on the phone and she calls Wayne. And we finally get Scotty and Wayne back for just a little bit. Uh, they yeah. get to call, talk for just br a brief, brief moment. And before they do so, though, Karen comes in with a rifle and she's threatening to shoot uh, Dot. And she just reveals how jealous she is of Dot because nothing has changed yeah. since she left there in the same sheets. They're in the same same uh, pictures are up. Uh, and like I said, this you kind of start to understand why Karen hates her so much, even uh, despite the fact that her husband beats on her all the time. She's right. still more angry at, at Dot because that is the person that Roy is still obviously has feelings for, even if they are just really weird feelings. So, uh, what do you think so far? And I, I thought for a brief second, Karen was listening to her and like she was getting through to her, right? For a brief second, but no, I think also Karen has to she's to protect her children, so right. I'm going to cut her a little slack. And she mentions that, like, you're going to get my children taken, they're going to be a widow, you right. know, that my, ch my children will be taken away. So I think she's more worried about them. That's why she's, you know, uh, eventually tries to take yeah. God on, which is always a bad mistake. Yes, it is. It's always a bad mistake. So, uh, and you're correct. She ends up, you do have a moment where you think that maybe she's getting tear to her, but she doesn't. Uh, Dot uh, takes it takes a moment uh, when she's kind of kind of got her guard down because she, and one of the things that she's appealing to her because she sees the black eye on Karen mm -hmm. and she starts telling her you know uh, she starts basically trying to make her confront just everything that Roy has done to her. You know, like when did he give that to you? When did he do? The, what has he done to your daughters? Uh, what is he? Yeah. You know what else? What I, else? He and done? Like this, she gave some examples. I think like ask him and then turn off the lights and like Karen and looks up like oh god you know this has happened to me like right. you could see her reaction yeah so like i said it, it was a really nice moment uh for for dot to try to get through to her i'm glad they don't because yeah you, you can't have every single person going towards dot side in this uh right, right. I, I mean she is she has spent her entire life in this lifestyle with not just not just with roy but also with her father uh her hitler loving father yeah we'll talk about that in just a second so uh like uh, i said I, I thought they showed some empathy for her because, again, she's protecting her children, right. which you, as a viewer, you can understand. Yeah, you can. So uh, she uses a slight moment when Karen lets her guard down. She knocks her out, takes the gun. So now she is at least armed as well. So she's got she's got some way to defend herself. Uh, and she uses her knowledge of the home at this point. So she goes straight into the closet. There is a, a ladder that leads down to what looks like a mudroom. You know what a mudroom is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, if you're from the south and you haven't been up to an, uh, a home up in the north, they have mudrooms because it snows so much up there. Uh, so this is kind of where they like shed their their winter jacket and their bibs and all this type of stuff uh, because it's when you say muddy and that's why they call it a mudroom. Uh, but like I said, it kind of looked like it was a mudroom. And then she goes into the kitchen and she turns the gas on, which I was like, oh, we're going to about to explode the house. This is going to be kind of fun. I was excited about this. Uh, so, but she she walks out, 
And she walks out with the rifles like, oh, I can't wait. I uh, can't wait to see if the house actually blows up at this point. But the Redneck Brigade is in there turning lamps on and all this type of stuff. Like, oh, it's going to blow. It's going to blow. And then Roy walks in and he immediately smells the gas. Like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we're not getting the fireworks on this. So, uh, But this is also when Roy realizes that Karen has been in the house. He knows she has escaped. And... So he starts to check things out at this point. He's on his own. So he makes his way upstairs. He sees Karen, again, completely unconcerned that his wife yeah. is bleeding and completely knocked out unconscious. Uh, and when he's going through the rooms, he goes into Gator's room, goes into the closet. He sees the bag of money that uh, he was. He tried to give to, to, to Monk. Gator obviously has it. And he realizes that his son has probably made a huge mistake. And it, the scene ends before, before we go to commercial with Gator being blindfolded and he's being led through this field that's full of snow, but it kind of resembled yeah. a desert that was yeah, full yeah, of snow. Was, yeah. Anyway, what do you think about this entire s- sequence of events? I thought it was very interesting. I'm with you. I thought, God, is she about to blow this house up? Yeah. <laughs> like half the people. And uh, again, I was kind of disappointed we didn't get that. Uh, this was the first time you really showed and we'll see more of this, that Roy doesn't give a damn about his family. Yeah, he does not. He, he absolutely does not. They are just, they're just possessions to him for the most part. Yeah. I mean, they're just not, like I said, it's just like he has them just because he feels like yeah. he's supposed to have them. That's about all there right. is to it. So, exactly. Uh, like I said, it was just really interesting to see uh, Roy's, Roy's reaction to, uh, to a lot of stuff in, in, in this episode. So, all right, let's take a real quick break and then we'll finish up the episode. All right, going on. Uh, we are making our way back through the rest of the episode, and we see the FBI. They are continuing to make their way towards Roy's place uh, while Dot is trying to find some way off of the property. Uh, Lorraine is calling and asking what's the point of being a billionaire if she can't have someone <laughs> killed, uh, which I wonder if there's a lot of billionaires who have had this conversation before. Absolutely, they are. Yes. So, so uh, this is when Dot ends up calling Indira. She finds uh, the cell phone. I don't know, whose cell phone was that? Oh, it was Danish's. Danish's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she, she was in the hole. Yeah, she was in the hole. So uh, she finds Danish's cell phone and she grabs it and she calls him. Uh, Lorraine asks where Danish is and Dot informs Lorraine that he's been killed. Uh, now, and Dot and Lorraine are having a moment here. Uh, Dot wants yeah. to know why Lorraine is now all of a sudden interested in helping her. And Lorraine, not wanting to admit anything, says, well, Indira made her do it. And Dot rightly recognizes that there's not a single person in this world that can make Lorraine do anything that she doesn't want to actually do it. And in a very huge moment, Lorraine says, no daughter of mine is going down at the one-yard line. Now put your big girl's panties on and get in the fight. Um, And just an absolutely incredible moment for for both Dot and for Lorraine because Lorraine is finally admitting she's kind of seeing what Indira said to her, you know, back in like episode five or six or whatever episode it was, that those Mm -hmm. two have a lot more in common than she wants to admit. Uh, Dot hears what she needs to hear from her, that she's finally accepting her into her family as one of her own. Uh, It's an absolutely huge moment for them. What would you think? Yeah, it was a, it was really a beautiful moment. It was as much as I love you as you're going to get from Lorraine. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And you know, we saw maybe episode three or four where uh, Lorraine was changing just a little bit, right. and she really has changed because she, she admitted, like, I want to keep this girl because my husband loves her, and and you know, my granddaughter who I love loves her. Right, and you know, 
that's taken her a while, but you know, Dot hasn't seen that though. And what's that's yeah, what's so has, important yeah. because the last time that Dot had any real interaction with her, Lorraine was trying to have her committed to a psych ward. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, this is a huge yeah. moment for her. This isn't something that she probably ever thought would actually come, especially not at this moment in time. So, uh, Indira thankfully tells her, No, don't go get in the fight, go find someplace yeah. else to, to, to hide. Uh, and this is when Officer Wood arrives, and uh, Indira calls him and sends Dot's cell phone number so that he can track her. Uh, and this is one of the this is one of the funnier instances when Wood gets there and you start having all this interaction between the FBI officers, the SWAT team, yeah. um, everybody who's just there trying to figure out the best the best course of action. Uh, he tells everyone in charge that he has information about the prisoner, and nobody really seemed to know that there was another prisoner outside of Danish going into this thing. And after he explains who she is, they realize she's important. And finally they move her to the top of the list because of the oh fact that God. they, they want to use her as a witness. It like, yeah. it she was like, okay, well she's a person. She's a woman and children. Now she's on the list. Now she's at the top of the list. Like I said, yeah. Cause at one point, wasn't it like, yeah, we will try not to kill her. And yeah. it's like, you know, it's like, uh, she has information. Right. And that's the only oh, thing. The that FBI seems, says that. Yeah, the FBI, FBI says that. And that seems to be the only thing that makes them, you know, like, yeah. oh, well, we do kind of mimic priority to make sure that she stays safe in this whole thing. So, all right. Now, Karen's dad, he's now at the militia. I don't know if he's been there the entire time, but he's now, we now see him anyway. Yeah. And he's not happy with Roy. He's really kind of disappointed in the guy because uh, he's being brought down over an obsession with Dot. And he asks him, are you Hitler at the Reichstag or are you Hitler in the bunker? And like, I was like, okay, well, we're just being like real blunt about it at this point. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it's just really interesting the fact that he was even asking that to begin with. Yeah. Uh, but Roy just kind of ignores him. Uh, like I said, yeah, he, he, does, does. he doesn't really say anything to him. Uh, anything. I just thought that was interesting. I don't know how much money this guy has. Obviously, he has a lot. And I yeah. think that's the main reason why Roy wanted to marry him. Uh, but what do you think about the the whole sequence between those two? I'm going to enjoy watching Odin get killed next week. Yeah, me too. Because <laughs> it feels like it's going to happen. Because uh, he is a he is a, another like when when Roy like mouths off to the to the FBI and everything. Like Odin spits at them. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. like I said, it's going to be fun to watch see what happens yeah. to him. Uh, I'll be really interested to see how that all plays out as well. Uh, so Roy and the FBI, they now come, the, the, the FBI, the SWAT team, everybody there has made their way to the entrance of his property. Roy comes out on horseback and starts to have a verbal confrontation with, with everyone there. And at this point, like he's, I really didn't think he had been holding back that much up until this point, but at this point he just lets out some crazy racist remarks, some crazy misogynistic remarks. Like I said, we really see it in this moment from him. What'd you think? Yeah. Yeah. This was uh, John Hamm, uh, almost Emmy moment, like, Mm -hmm. cause he really goes at them and then pretty much warns them. If you stick around, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Cause he literally says to him, he says, uh, uh, he, is, he says, I'm not letting you in on my property, and you can go and live or stay and die. That was the yeah. last thing that he said before he trotted off on horseback uh, back to the rest of his compound. Now, uh, Roy and Bowman, they're discussing how things have progressed and how they've gotten to this point. And this is one of the best parts I like about this next scene, because despite how awful Roy is, uh, when he is thinking straight... He's actually very intelligent because he mm-hmm. pretty correctly surmises everything that needs to happen that has happened between uh, for for Dot. He says uh, he points out that uh, he's it's pointing out that something that people get wrong about people on that that from this side of the political spectrum. These people who are so ultra right conservative, people think that those people are just stupid. They're not. 
they're, they can be. They can do some stupid things. They can do some absolutely stupid things. But when they think straight, I mean, this is how they got Donald Trump elected. Uh, yep. When they're thinking correctly, when they're thinking in the right mind, they can actually be relatively intelligent. The problem is they end up just kind of acting out of emotion. But Roy, in this moment, he realizes, you know, that... Dot is going to be in a place where he he basically goes walks through how she gets kind of how she got out how she went through the how she went through the house and her next move is to hide somewhere where they won't think to look and so yeah. he comes up with two places he sends Bowman to one and he goes to the other like I said I thought it was just really good to show that look these people can be really smart just because they do a lot of dumb things doesn't mean that they're always going to do dumb things they're going to be smart at times I just thought it was interesting what do you think. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, he actually thought it through. It's like, she has to be, she's hiding, obviously, and has to be these couple of places. Right. All right. So, and as Roy suspected, Dot is at the windmill because he told Bowman and his uh, crew to go look at the windmill. And in another moment that I'm not really thrilled with, because last week we had the the issue of, like I said, I. I can. This one from last week is is much better than this one this week because I wasn't really happy with the fact that Dot took her so long to realize that she didn't have a dream about Linda. I don't know why she puts the gun down and leaves it in plain sight. I I was like, she's too smart for this. Why are we doing this? The only thing you could think of is she didn't do her instincts of being a killer. She listened to Indira that told her to hide. That's the only thing you you can... somewhat point to that but even that I, th- that's not dot no it's not like i said i don't understand why she left that gun there I, it just makes yeah. absolutely no sense so uh, especially in plain sight i could see uh, hiding it or right. something but yeah yeah, like I said, I just I I didn't get that at all, to say the least. So, uh, but when she gets down to the bottom, well, as I suspect, as we talked about last week, that the smell of this thing is absolutely awful. Uh, oh yeah, we have. She almost vomits on multiple occasions. And was this a a necklace that she saw hanging up in there? No, she saw uh, his iPad. Okay, was that what it was? I wasn't really sure what it was because uh, I couldn't really figure it out. I don't know how yeah. it got there. I'd love to know how it actually got there. Yeah, that's I, a good point. Because yeah. they just threw him down there. I doubt they went down yeah. there to actually get anything from him, but I could be yeah. wrong. So. Uh, but anyway, so uh, Roy starts walking into a bunker of some sort. I really wasn't exactly sure what it was at first. Well, that was where Munch was eating those goats and yes. stuff. Like a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's where Munch, that's where Munch was eating the goats and stuff. And what, when he sees it, did you notice what happened on the screen? Yes, I saw Monk was in the background. Yeah, I don't know what they were doing there. But like yeah. I said, it was really creepy. When, and it was very I was, creepy. I was reading on Reddit or something. I don't remember what I, was, what, what I was reading on. But apparently it happened a couple other times in this episode. And I just didn't catch it. Okay, I episodes. missed that. I caught that one. Yeah, somebody said they saw it in a couple other times in this episode. That was the only time that I saw it. It was pretty obvious. Well, Monk is one. always around. Yes, he is. He's always around. You're correct about that. Um, so like I said, it's just really kind of weird uh, that the fact that they they did that at that point. Like I said, I'm not sure what they're doing, but it looks like he's going to this place because it appears to be an escape route, I would assume, yeah. when he put turns yeah, on yeah. those lights. Okay. Yeah, because he even says, which has to be setting up for next episode, I'll leave this on just, just in, in case. case. Yeah. So I'm like, so, this has to be... Uh, so- it's yeah. got to be an escape route. Uh, at least that's what I would think. So. Uh, but anyway, when Roy exits, uh, this is when Munk and Gator have made their way to the property. Uh, Munk begins again talking a lot about what a man is and what a bunny is and all this type of stuff. Uh, and Roy asks him, what would you do? And Gator admits, he's like, I know, Dad, you told me not to, just to let it go. But but Gator just couldn't. He couldn't let it. I mean, look, it's very much, I think there's some foreshadowing here because Gator just could not let what 
Monk's hurting his pride, hurting his ego. Yeah. He couldn't let it go. And Roy has already talked about, you know, I, I probably should just let Doc go. I should probably yeah. just give it up, but I can't. He uh, can't. He and do it. So, I, like I said, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of foreshadowing. Like, you know, this is what happened to Gator as a result. Uh, what's going to happen to Roy? Uh, we'll see. But uh, Monk basically tosses Gator back to him because he calls him. He's a useless hand at this point. That's what he calls yeah. him. Um, that's where they get we get the title of this week's episode. Um, but he tosses him back, and then like when again Monk doing weird, creepy things. He when you know we go after he's been after Gator has been tossed into Roy's arms. He's just gone. He's just vanished. Yeah, he's yeah. Like I, said, I don't. That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it really that was. Yeah, and then Gator gets left blind by himself yeah. in a blizzard. I mean, uh, what father of the year here? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's like I said. I don't know. It's I don't really know what they're doing with Gator because like yeah. There's a part of me that thinks they want us to be a little bit sympathetic towards him because he's just so pathetic at this point. He's right. I mean he's calling for his daddy. I mean like yeah. No. When you when you start using daddy, you're just at, at a low twenty seven. Yeah. I think they said he was twenty seven at yeah. one point. So you're at a really low point if that's if that's what you're doing, and you know he's just his his dad leaves him. He's like he even he let yeah. her he tells him at some point what was that? I had it written down where to go. Um Oh, I got it. It's uh, if there were, if there if ever there, was a point to you, it's gone now. Yeah, it's gone now. So, uh Roy doesn't care. He just leaves his son who yeah. we assume is blinded at this point and he's sitting there with no help whatsoever. Uh like I said, it's it's just sad just the way that he thinks of his own son at this point, but uh regardless. Uh all right, so uh, what explains to we're back at the we're back at the entrance. What explains uh, what Dorothy is like? Basically saying, you know, this is not uh, some helpless woman. Uh, if you we come across her and we find her, she's likely going to be armed. And he says the story will not end with the innocent being killed by the helping hand. And I don't know why, but the team leader's response and the way he says, "Got it, don't shoot the hostage." I don't know why, but it made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, it was. That, that, that's a Coen Brothers type thing. Okay. Also, like how the FBI and the um, I guess the the guy. What, what were they from? Were they from FBI as well? I think so. Yeah. Oh, the SWAT team. Yeah, they're from FBI. SWAT they were, team. Yeah. They, they 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 had respect from Wit because they knew he had was an officer who had previously been shot and right. his back out job. So yes. I like how the respect they had for Wit. Yeah, they were welcoming him into into their into their ranks pretty quickly and easily. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, Bowman and his and a few of his men they make their way to the windmill and he sees the gun which was plainly left out inside yeah. for everyone to see uh and he is standing over uh and he's standing over dot at this point he's got a gun pointed at her and then you hear some commotion bowman gets jerked back uh we hear some uh we hear a a a fight or a scuffle or whatever it may be and the next thing we hear though is we hear monk telling the tiger to come out Yes, that was that gave you that gave me like that put goosebumps on my heart. What you it really did. It, I, I felt the same way, and especially when he hands her the gun and says, "Now the tiger is free," and then they drop that needle drop of the Almond Brothers whipping post at the same time. It was awesome yeah it was looking for a moment i, I got was, chills man yeah, yeah for a moment i wasn't really sure and dot wasn't sure either if monk was like going no. to hurt her or if he was there yeah. to help her he wasn't really sure and look it's i think for monk basically it's you know yes you you hurt me you tore my ear up you did all sorts of things to me but it wasn't her fault because he wasn't properly prepared by roy he right. roy didn't explain to her just exactly what he was getting into 
And so I think he has a lot of respect for her, and this is why he's letting her go without anything happening to him because yeah. it was Roy who was the real culprit in this, yeah. and Gator who was the real culprit in all this. And it was, it's like you said, when he says, Now the tiger is free, it's like you see something in Dot just kind of yeah. awaken at that point. You do. And like I said, I don't know where they're going with it, but. I'll be really interested to see what it is because, like Me I said, too. it just seems yeah. like something's going to happen. Uh, you know, they've been building up towards this, so I, I really can't wait to see how things play out. Any guesses on what happens next week? Uh, one, I think this is the end of Monk's story. It felt it felt like it was in the end for him. Yeah, I, I kind of I'm with you on that. I, maybe they put him in there for a, a brief moment again next week. I don't yeah. know, but I'm with you. It does feel like it. I, I think it's good. a good ending. I, I kind of hope it's the end for him. I think it's a good ending for him. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, I think that's the I case. Mean, for next week it's got to be a firefight and we got to see roy you know and odin get killed i mean it has to be yeah and the fbi agents they have to die yeah uh like i said i'll be really interested who all ends up i think there's gonna be a lot of carnage oh yeah i think there's gonna be a lot of carnage i mean they've been they were i mean they were building a powder keg in in this week's episode and like i said i don't know how everything plays out uh i feel like roy's going to die i feel like odin's going to die uh i feel like the entire Redneck Brigade is going to die. I think that's yeah. I feel like we're going to see like a Waco scenario where the whole Tillman Ranch, everything's burning. Yeah, that's that could very easily be the case. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, Gator, I really don't know at this point. I, I mean, don't know. I don't know either because I mean, he hell, he may die out there in the woods by himself. Yeah, I know. He's still alive, so he's got to have some kind of a purpose at this point. But yeah. I don't know what it's going to be because I mean, it's really hard to feel sympathetic towards. I mean, he's he's so pathetic in that moment, but it's also right. feel hard. It's hard he's to feel sorry for him because he's a horrible human being. I'm talking about, you know, 30 minutes earlier before this happens, he's wanting to hook Monk up with underage girls. Yes. Like I yeah. said, it's really hard to feel a whole lot of sympathy for him. But, you know, when you see somebody who's so pathetic in that moment, it's, it's yeah. very conflicting. So, anyway, uh, interesting to say. Anything else you want to add before we do our awards? No, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see what we're doing. i gotta, I got to give Noah Holly credit. He has nailed this season. This is up to season one and two. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I've enjoyed it just as much as I've enjoyed those first two seasons, say at least. So. All right, let's do some awards. All right. All right, here on the Main Attraction Podcast, whenever we are covering a season of a television show, <coughs> excuse me, uh, we give out three weekly awards. Uh, first is the Tyrion Lannister, the MVP for the week. Who'd you go with? I'm going with Sam Sproul as Monk because uh, this is a character that I've thought, man, it could go really bad, and it didn't. He was right. really good. He was terrifying. I was even interested what the hell he's up to. Yeah. And this is a, this is a character in the wrong hands of writing and acting. Right. Could be horrific it could be the worst character on this show but it wasn't and i think sam sproul is a real reason for that yeah he was really really good uh he's not a bad choice to go with i went with john ham his he was just yeah john ham has owned the last few episodes yeah he's been phenomenal in this episode he was like i said he was awful don't get me wrong but he was yeah. phenomenal in his portrayal of of roy tillman in this episode i thought it was just absolutely and I'll be honest, i thought juno temple getting to our our uh season end awards i thought she was going to be a runaway for mvp the whole show i think it's going to be co it may be i think cam has really picked it up yeah we'll just see what happens here in the finale so all right agatha all along what's your best scene of the week i think you gotta go with the the monk giving gator to uh to dot escaping yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's the case. I think that's one you gotta go with. Uh, I'll tell you, that whipping post uh, needle drop was just perfect. 
Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, the other one I had, uh, the, that verbal standoff between Roy and the FBI, I thought that was a really good scene as well. That was really good, too. Yeah, yeah. so you had some options on this one. So, The If You Come with the King, you best not miss. There were a lot of good lines this week. What'd you go there with? There were a lot of good lines. Man, um, I'm going, now the tiger is free. I love that. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, the one that I was, the one that just jumped out at me to me at first. It's the one I stuck with. Uh, it was Lorraine's line: "No daughter of mine is going down at the one yard line." I put on your big girl panties and get in the fight. That was yeah. uh, that was yeah. my line. So, well, as you mentioned, there were several good ones. The most I ever felt, I felt for that yeah, woman. That was a good now, one. The, now, now the now I'm. What does he say? Oh. Now I'm, this morning, I think I never want to feel that again. So bury her. I mean, that was unbelievable. And then, like we talked about, um, whatever, what is, if there ever was a point to you, it's gone now. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, there were some good ones, so uh, no question about it. All right. Uh, rating time here on the St. Man Attraction Podcast. Uh, at the top of our list is a succession. Beneath a succession is a lost. Middle of the road for us is a friends. Beneath a friends is a full house. And bottom of the barrel for us is a Baywatch. What are you rating the uh, this season of Succession after nine episodes? Uh, it's it's it is a succession. Yeah, you said is. the season of Succession. I think you meant Fargo. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, season of Fargo. <laughs> Oops. Uh, but yeah, it's it's very much a succession. It's been great yeah, all the is, way through. It is. Uh, I can't wait to see what the hell they how uh, they end. I am so fired up. I, I wanted to watch it immediately. Yeah, no, I was really ready to watch it when uh, when this one came to an end. So, all right. Uh, before we sign off, we do want to do some recommendations. You got any recommendations this week? I do. I watched the finale of For All Mankind. Oh, yeah, I need to watch that. It's really good. Is yeah, it? this has been a really good season. They have uh, they, they got rid of the biggest issue from last season. Right. Uh, and, and it's been a really good season. They're on Mars and dealing with that. Uh, I, I would highly recommend it. If you like the first two seasons of For All Mankind, I would go back to that. Uh, also watch the finale of Monarch. Thought it was really yeah, good. Yeah, go back last, and watch that. The last couple episodes really, really take it up a notch. This was a show that I think could have been some of the best of the year. I think they struggled with the the, the younger characters, their storylines, mm. and I don't I don't know why we couldn't connect to them like we did. Because right. if you look at this show, any episode what Russell is not in, the rating is way down. Right. So I'm like, <laughs> That, I mean, if that's not showing you something about Wyatt Russell, how good he is. Right. But uh, Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell are really good in the show. It's worth watching, and it has a very good ending. They're trying to set up for season two. Uh, and then the other thing, I'll mention uh, Equalizer 3 with uh, Denzel Washington is on Netflix. And okay. it's, that is a freaking awesome movie. The Equalizer series is very good, and Denzel is awesome. And him and Dakota Fanning are back together in a movie, so that was nice to see since Man on Fire, if you've ever okay. watched that from the early 2000s. But, yeah, definitely recommend that on Netflix. All right, uh, a couple for me. I did watch um, Echo this weekend, uh, five, five episodes. I gotta watch that. And they dropped on Hulu. I will say this, the first episode's rough. Uh, it's really rough. They've got like a... A 20, 25 minute exposition dump that they're doing where they, the slide stuff that we saw in Hawkeye, uh, like I said, it's kind of rough to get through that first episode, but once you get through it, it, it's, it's a good solid watch. It's not, it's look, it's not great, uh, but it's good. It's, it's, you know, if you're watching, if you got five episodes of something to watch, it's, it, it's, you know, it's worth your time. Uh, like I said, that first episode, it, it can be kind of, it can be kind of a rough viewing, uh, trying to get through those first 20, 25 minutes of that first episode, but I, I really enjoyed it once, uh, uh, Aliqua Quack, Aliqua 
Cox. I think I'm pronouncing correctly. She's good in that role. Uh, and Vincent D'Onofrio is obviously just fantastic every oh, time yeah. he puts on the Kingpin role. So uh, he's he was fantastic in this one as well. Like I said, it's it's not the best thing that Marvel has done. Uh, don't get me wrong, but it's definitely not the worst thing they've done either. It, it's it's good if you like their stuff, then you'll probably like this one as well. Uh, I still don't understand how it's not supposed to connect or anything like that. I don't get that, but nevertheless, <laughs> yeah. uh, another thing I've started watching, I have not finished it, and uh, it's called the Artful Dodger. Uh, it was it's a oh yeah yeah it's a story that takes place like 15 years after. Uh, Oliver Twist. Uh, if you like period stuff, if you like Charles Dickens, uh, if you like any of his stuff, it's really David Thewlis, right? Yeah, David Thewlis is uh, plays. Oh crap! I can't remember what the character's name. Uh, Frayne, I think, is his character's name. He's in. And if you you've seen David Thewlis, just look him up. Yeah, uh, he's because his character is in uh, Oliver Twist too. Uh, like I said, this character is what is in Oliver is, is in Oliver Twist. Like I said, these he's like a grown up kid uh, from that story. But says Norbert. Yeah, so like Jack Norbert is the character. Uh, he okay. is known as the Artful Dodger. But it's like it's it's. I've only seen a couple episodes. It's really good. It's one of the things Hulu when it's this just kind of goes to show how just successful the bear was because Hulu whenever they drop a, a series all at once it seems to just completely fly under the radar. Uh, yeah. Because this show, uh, you know, it kind of flew under the radar. It's been out since the end of November and you don't really see anybody talking about it. But it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, like it's not great. That's not the best thing I've ever seen. But you know, it's a, it's an entertaining watch. So like I said, the bear they did that. I think they weren't expecting the bear to be nearly what it was, and it just because yeah. they did that. They did it the same way. They just dropped it all at once, and it just it really resonated and it took off. And I'll be really shocked if they do uh, do the bear that yeah. way in uh, season three. So uh, anyway, that's about all I got. Anything else you want to add before we sign off? Yeah, appreciate everyone joining us, and we will talk to you next time. I have a look at those same sentiments, and as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.